Well, good morning, church, and for those of you who don't know me, my name is Noah Graves, and I'm the executive assistant to the pastoral leadership team here at NBC. And uh, this summer, I've actually been on break from school, uh, so I've actually been getting to do a little bit of extra interning for Pastor Bob, so I've been bouncing around a little bit, meeting with Pastor Bob, doing some of the digital ministry stuff, young adults, and so it's just been a great time getting to serve you all and, and uh, try some new things here at the church. And so if you haven't been with us here much this summer, we have been through, going through our summer sermon series called SWAT, Spiritual Warfare and Tactics. And so each week we've been taking a look at each of the different pieces of armor uh, for the armor of God. And so far we've looked at the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, and the shields of faith. And so this week we come up to our next piece of armor, which is the helmet of salvation. And so as I was preparing for the Helmet of Salvation, one of the, the first things that came to my mind was my days in which I used to play football. Uh, so back when I played football, uh, we would typically have you know, our summer practices where we'd be out there with our you know, shorts, short sleeve shirts and all that. But then there would always come this day later in the summer where we would get all of our pads. And so that was an exciting day. You know, we would get our, our helmets, our shoulder pads, our leg pads, uh, just, you know, our jerseys and everything. And it was always very exciting. But there was one part of it that we all dreaded every single year, and that was the first week where we would wear our helmets, because those helmets were so tight, they would press against your head, and it was just so painful. You'd have like headaches all day, and it was really painful, and it was just, it was terrible. But you see, for, for my teammates, they would be out there, and they would be tackling and hitting each other, but for me, I was a kicker. So I'd be, off onto my, I'd be off onto my own side of the field, you know, get my little kicking stand set up, I'd be kicking field goals, maybe stretching a little bit. But the thing is, I would always take my helmet off and put it right next to my stuff so I didn't have to deal with all that, that pain. And the reason I could get away with that is because there was, there was no threat. There was no one trying to hit me, no one trying to tackle me, so I could just get away with having my helmet right next to me on the side. And the reason why I bring that up today is I wonder if many of us approach our spiritual lives in spiritual warfare like this, where we think, hey, it's 2023, there's, there's not really a threat for me, I can leave my helmet off to the side, it's okay, I probably won't get hit. But the reality is, even though we may not think there is much of a threat for us spiritually, there is a threat. There is a threat, and that threat is the devil, it's the enemy. Spiritual warfare is real, and it is a threat for us. Ephesians 6.11 says this, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The scripture proclaims the truth that there is a war, and it is spiritual warfare, and we are called by God to take up our armor and to take up our helmet, which is the helmet of salvation. But this begs the question, this begs the question of, why, why do many of us tend to not take spiritual warfare seriously? And I think there's two reasons. I think there's two reasons for that. The first reason is, uh, I don't think we take the devil very seriously. Where when we think of the devil, we think of maybe the, the New Jersey Devils hockey team, or we think of some guy with a red costume on with some horns and a pitchfork. We think, it's 2023. It, that guy's not really real, right? He's just in the scriptures. And the second reason that I think we don't take spiritual warfare seriously it's because the devil has managed to take our eyes off of the battle that really matters. Or we think all these little things going on around us day to day, that's, that's the battle, that's the warfare that I should be focused on. When in reality, the real battle, the real war that we should be focused on is spiritual. It's spiritual 
warfare. Because the reality is the devil and spiritual warfare, they are both real and they are both active. This is what the scripture says about the enemy. John 8, He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. John 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. 1 Peter 5, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to, to devour. Do you see the enemy? Do you see the devil? Do you see who he is? He's not just some guy with a costume on. No, he is our enemy. He is a murderer. He is a liar. He is a lion seeking to find someone to devour. And us, as the children of God, those who have been reborn as God's children, we, we are his targets. He is coming after us, trying to take us out. He is seeking someone to devour, and that is us. And the reason why I I stress this, the reason why I want you all to see that the devil is real and that spiritual warfare is real is because I want you to see how important it is that you take up your helmet every day. I want you to see how important it is that you don't leave your helmet off to the side, but that you take it and that you put it on. Because for me, and in my own walk, my own spiritual life, I didn't used to take this seriously. I didn't used to take spiritual warfare seriously, and for much of my life, I left my helmet off to the side. Because for me, I remember a few years ago, I had just gotten baptized, and I remember the Lord was truly working in my life. He was giving me this growing desire for the Lord, where every day I just wanted to read the scriptures, to listen to worship music, to listen to sermons. I remember the only thing that I wanted in life was for other people to hear the gospel. I wanted for those who don't know Jesus to hear the gospel and to be saved. That was the only thing that I cared about in life, and it was an absolute spiritual mountaintop. But the thing is, even though I was on that mountaintop, my helmet wasn't there with me. And I still remember to this day that there was one afternoon that I, I went out for, for a run, like I would always do in the afternoon, and I still remember the devil himself shot this dart, this arrow, and he lodged it right in my head because I didn't have my helmet on. And it was this simple question, It was this simple question of, how do you know that you're saved? How do you know that you are really a Christian? I wasn't ready for that. I had never asked that question before. Like I said before, my helmet was not on. And like Pastor Bob said last week, these arrows, they have fire on them. And that's what the arrow had when it shot me because that fire grew and it spread. And I was asking all these questions day after day, constantly worrying and doubting and questioning whether or not I was truly God's child. And the enemy had a hold on me. He was constantly accusing me and attacking me and giving me reason after reason to think that I wasn't truly saved. Is there anyone here this morning who has had that same arrow shot at them? Is there anyone here today who's been attacked by the enemy and who has been accused by the enemy saying, you are not really a Christian. You are not really a child of God. Let me share with you the words from John chapter 10, verse 28, where Jesus Christ himself says this, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one, no one will snatch them out of my hand. You, you as a child of God, you are secure in the hand of Jesus. 
He is the one who came down to earth to give you your salvation, and he is the one who holds your salvation and who holds you in his hand. Any dart, any arrow that the enemy tries to shoot at you, you can put your helmet on and know that you are in the palm of Jesus Christ. But maybe you're here today and you're, you're hearing all this about assurance of salvation and, and doubts, and you're thinking, you know, this, this, this isn't me. This is, this is not what I'm wrestling with. These aren't the arrows that the enemy is shooting at me. Well, let me share with you this, this quote from John MacArthur where he says this. The two dangerous edges of Satan's spiritual broadsword are discouragement and doubt. To discourage us, he points to our failures, our sins, our unresolved problems, our poor health, or to whatever else seems negative in our lives in order to make us lose confidence in the love and care of our Heavenly Father. So let me ask you, what arrow, what dart is the enemy shooting at you? How is he trying to make you question God's love? How is he trying to make you take your eyes off of God? For you, maybe it's a physical illness or suffering where the enemy is saying, if God really loved you, wouldn't he have healed you by now? If God really loved you, why would you suffer like this? Maybe for you, it's the loss of a loved one, and the enemy is attacking you, saying, why would he take that person from you? They were so young. They were innocent. Or maybe for you, it's life circumstances, where the enemy is attacking you, saying, why would God be putting you through this? Why would you have lost your job? Why would you be struggling in school if God really cared about you and he, if he truly loved you? Well, I'm here today to tell you to not listen to the devil. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to the enemy. Don't make the same mistake that Adam and Eve made in the garden where they chose to listen to the devil. Don't listen to him. Listen to the word of God in Romans chapter 8, which says this. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's what God's word says about you. God is for you. Even though the enemy may say that God is not for you, the word of God says that he is for you. The word of God says that God gave up his own son you are valued, you are loved, you are cared for, you are seen in every single day because God chose to give up his own innocent, perfect, precious son for you. And what will separate you? What can separate you from the love of God? Well, as the scripture says, nothing. There is nothing. There is nothing that can separate you from God. Not the enemy, not the world, not your doubts, not your fears, not your worries, none of that. None of that can separate you from the love of God because that love of God has been poured out for you through Jesus Christ and you are secure through him. 
But I think there's still this other way that the, the enemy and the devil tries to deceive us in spiritual warfare. I think it's with that word, tactics. The title of this sermon series has been Spiritual Warfare and Tactics. I think one of the ways that the devil tricks us is us thinking that we, we have to fight these battles alone. That if other people knew what we were struggling with, if other people knew what we were wrestling with and going through, what would they think about me? And so the devil tricks us into thinking we have to fight alone. And I was thinking about this, about fighting battles alone. I was reminded of one of my favorite Marvel movies, which is the movie Avengers Endgame. And so in this movie, there's an uh, ending scene where uh, all the Avengers are just knocked down, they're defeated, and it looks like the enemy is about to win. But Captain America gets up, and he has his half-broken shield, he tightens it a little bit, and he walks out onto that battlefield, and he stares down thousands upon thousands of soldiers alone, and he is ready. He is ready to take them on and to fight them. And as honorable as that may be for Captain America to do that, if we're all honest, we know that he, he doesn't stand a chance there. He needs his Avengers teammates to help him. He needs those who are on his side to come alongside him and to fight with him. But I wonder, is that the same approach that, that many of us tend to take with spiritual warfare? Where we stare down the enemy and we think, I've got this. I'm going to tighten up my shield. I'm going to take up my sword. I'm going to take on the enemy alone. I don't need anyone else. I could do this on my own. But that, that is not how God wants you to fight. That is not how God wants you to go into spiritual warfare. Galatians 6.2 says this, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. These battles, these burdens, these struggles, whatever it is that you are going through in your spiritual life, God does not want you to carry those on your own because you can't carry it alone. You need your brothers and sisters in Christ. There's a reason why it's called the body of Christ, not the body part of Christ. We need each other because together we make up the body of Christ. And so we are to strive side by side for the faith. We are to fix our eyes on our God, on Jesus Christ, and we are to help each other, to comfort each other, to encourage each other because we, we are the family of God. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. But there's still something quite important that we have not yet talked about. Because so far we've talked about the reality of the war, we've talked about the reality of the enemy and, and why you really need to wear your helmet, but we haven't talked about what that helmet actually is. We haven't talked about what this helmet of salvation is. Because I truly believe when you learn and when you see what that helmet is, you won't think twice. You won't question whether or not you should put it on. So let me ask you, do you want to know what your helmet is? Do you want to know what the helmet of salvation is? Your helmet of salvation started with your justification. It started when God looked down at the earth and he saw that we were all lost and broken and sinners, that we all chose to sin in our own way. And we look out and we see this. We see the darkness, and God saw that too. Yet he chose to send his only son, Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ testified to be the only Son of God, the only way to the Father. And so Jesus Christ lived a perfect, sinless life, 
Then he died on the cross in our place for our sins. And then he was buried, and then he rose from the dead so that whoever, whoever would believe in him, whoever would trust Jesus Christ and believe that he was the Son of God, would be redeemed, reborn as a child of God, given eternal life. That is your justification. But your helmet of salvation does not stop there. And it continues every single day in your sanctification. God didn't just save you and say, good luck. No, God gave you his Holy Spirit to be living within you. As the scripture says, God is conforming you to the image of his son. Us, as the children of God, he is sanctifying us, making us more and more like Jesus, making us more and more holy. And he has given us his spirit to empower us, to equip us. Your salvation is your justification, it's your sanctification, but it's also your glorification. It's your hope. It's your hope that even though you look out into the earth right now and you see suffering, death, loss, people hurting, people crying, that that's not all that there is, that it's not supposed to be like this, that God didn't create it to be like that. There is something beyond this earth. There is something greater that we are awaiting, and that is Jesus Christ. It is his promised return that he is coming to bring us back, to bring us back to him so we could spend eternity with him in the new heavens and the new earth. Well, there will be no more suffering, no more crying, no more tears, no more death, but there will be eternal life, joy, love, hope, and peace with our Savior and with our Redeemer. And so church, that is what our helmet is. That is what we are called to put on each and every day. Because when we put that helmet on that has been given to us by Jesus, we will be protected. So that whatever dart, whatever arrow, whatever lies, whatever accusations that the enemy tries to shoot at you, you will be protected, you will be safe, and you will be secure. Because that salvation protects you. That is what your helmet is. That is what you are to protect your head with. It is the helmet of salvation. But if you're like me, if you're like me, at this point, you're, you're asking this simple question, the simple question of, of how do I put this on? You see, I, I see what it is. I understand what the helmet of salvation is. I understand that I need it. But practically, how do I actually put it on? Well, I think 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 tells us exactly how to put it on. Paul writes this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I have kept the faith. How do you put your helmet on? How do you put all of your spiritual armor on? By keeping the faith. Keeping the faith. Keeping the faith in your God. That when he says a word, it will come to pass. That when he says that he loves you, that he is not lying. That when Jesus said that he came down here to save us, to give us eternal life, that he was not lying. That when Jesus said that he is coming back for us to bring us to him for eternity, that he was not lying. And so we keep the faith. We keep the faith in our God. We keep the faith in our salvation. We keep our faith in the promises that God has so gloriously and so graciously gave us. And it's when we keep the faith that we are secure. It's when we keep the faith that we have all of our armor on to protect us from the enemy and protect us from the devil and whatever arrow that he is trying to shoot at us. And so may we, as a church and as the body of Christ, may we never forget that. May we never forget what this helmet is that we have by our side. And may we never, never forget to put it on because there is an enemy 
There is a devil out there that is trying to devour us. And so we must, we must take up the whole armor of God and we must take up our helmet to protect us from the attacks from the enemy. And so as we close today, I want to invite the worship team up for one last song. And as they're coming up for one last song, I want to give a special word towards anyone that's here today that feels like you just can't keep going. Where it feels like this spiritual fight, this battle that I'm in, these struggles that I have, these things that I'm wrestling with, where if you feel like you're just not strong enough, that you can't get through it, that you don't see an end to it, I'm here today to tell you that you have a God who is faithful, who is faithful to carry you through that battle. Because for me, in my own battles, with my assurance of salvation, there were times where I thought I would never get through it. But I can stand here before you today and say that God carried me through it, and He taught me, and He showed me how to take up my helmet of salvation so that I can trust and that I can rest in the love of my God and in the love of your God. And so whatever battle that you are in, whatever struggle that you are going through, know that your God is faithful to be with you. And remember the words of Jesus from John chapter 10 where he said this, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one, no one will snatch them out of my hand. You, as a child of God, you are secure in the hand of Jesus and he will be faithful to carry you through whatever it is that you're going through. Remember that, remember your helmet, remember the salvation that you have received through Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Father, we, we come before you today and we, we thank you for your love. We thank you for this helmet of salvation that you have given us. Father, I pray for all of us here today that we may remember to take this helmet up, that we may put it on, and that we may rest in your love and rest in your promises. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you for all that you've done for us. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.